I tell you what, when God gets to working with you, you think you had your sermon, I sit back there and just thoughts coming in, and I just, I'm still right now. I still haven't completed my sermon, so I'm going to preach what I had, all right? It'll be good. It's on being Jesus supersized our church. And I've been preaching on it the last three or four weeks. Jesus supersized me and our faith and our worship and, and supersized our church. And when I say that, I'm not talking about just supersizing in numbers, but supersize our impact and our influence that we have in this community. Amen? How many of y'all want that this morning? You shouldn't want to be, listen, you shouldn't want to impact and be an influence. It should be a church when they hear our name that they know Jesus is in the house. They know that, man, then you walk in there and you're going to be touched by the Holy Spirit. That, that's the church that Jesus Christ is looking for, amen. We have plenty of churches that are dead, that aren't making impacts, that are just going through the routine. I like to call a program church. Three songs, take up an offer and give you one verse invitation, maybe. No altar calls today. Let's get out of here because we're a busy, busy society. Amen. we got to get out of here. God, if you can't work in this 30 minutes, I'm going to give you 30 minutes to change my life and do miracles and healings and great things. If you can't do it in this 30 minutes, God, we're gone. That's the society we live in. Amen. And we wonder why our churches today aren't making an impact on the community and, and knowing that, hey, in the community when someone needs help, that, hey, that church will help. Here's a, here's a little illustration I want to give you. I'm not going to say the church because they're in our community. And me being on the web and line and preaching, everybody are here, okay? But it doesn't matter to me that it needs to make changes. But for an example, me and Brother Doug were sitting in our office today. Remember that, Brother Doug? When me and oh, Gary was there, we was having prayer. We was having a staff meeting. We were sitting there having a prayer time. As soon as we got through prayer, Gary said amen, looked up, and there was a guy standing in the door. Had his hat off standing there. He goes, Amen. And turned around, I looked at him, and I, I said, sir, can I help you? And he said, yes. He said, I need some help. He said, me and my family are traveling on our way to Oklahoma. He said, I went up there just yesterday, filled out an application for a job and, and, and interviewed, and, and they told me it would be a week or so before they called me. So I went back to, on my way back to Mississippi last night, almost got out of Arkansas, got a call, and they said, if you'll come back to Idabel, Oklahoma, not Idabel, where was it at? Uh, was it Idabel? If you'll come back to Idabel, uh, you can have a job starting tomorrow. And so he said, I had to turn around. We're sitting out in Malvern. We're coming through, and he said, I got a quarter tank of gas, and I need to make it to Idabel for this job. And I said, well, where's your family? And he went out and met his family. Well, before that, but he told me how many kids were in the car and who they had. And he said, all I need is just some gas to get to Idabel. I said, what about food? Because we have the food pantry. He said, no, we don't need no food. We just need gas to get to the so I can get this job and, and support my family. And I said, hey, that's no problem. Follow me down here in Valera. I'll put you some gas in. And he said, that's great, man. I, I appreciate y'all. Man, this will be great. I said, well, how do you know about us? Because we're off the road right here a little bit. We're not right on the highway. He said, well, there's another church in this community that said, uh, I stopped in and told them my story and where I was headed. And they said that they were a small congregation and they just didn't have the funds to help. But Pleasant Hill's right down the road a couple miles. If y'all would go down there, they're a church that's helping people and they might be able to help you. I thought that was the greatest compliment that we could have. And we wonder why our churches aren't making no impact today because we don't have the funds. We're not a bank, amen? We're not here to build up to tell people how much money we have. We're here to influence this community and change. Hey, the Bible says there's angels unaware. And I, I just truly believe it, Gary, that sometimes God sends people like that to see how faithful we are to helping this kingdom work. I truly believe that. 
I would, listen guys, it would crush me to say, to see somebody here say, well, we're a small congregation. You know, we don't have many people, but that church down the road is a little bigger than they can help you. What, what a sad state to be in. And we wonder why we're not making an impact. And one of my people is talking about the church today and, and Christianity and other things. Now, listen, God gives us discernment to know what's right and what's wrong to help people. And this we do our ministries all the time here. But we've got to learn God supersized our hearts. That's what I mean, supersize this church to be an impact, to, to, to influence people, to change lives for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? And the one ingredient, there's something missing in the church today. I, I, I see it going around preaching and, and pray that it never, it never departs from this church. But if we're going to be able to do church today, and God's going to supersize our church to be impactful and influential in this community, we've got to continually, continually pray for the manifest presence of God in our services. How many of y'all agree? I want you to look at this story real quick. Look at this story in Exodus, one of my favorite passages in the Old Testament, in Exodus chapter 33. This is how important, listen, it still works for the church today. If Moses was so, and listen, if the presence of God, God didn't go with him over into the promised land, uh, he said, listen, God, we can have all the money in the world. We can have all the buildings in the world. We can have the house packed every Sunday when we meet. I mean, things can be great in here. We can have the most beautiful, the best praise team, the best music, all the ministry stuff we need. But if we don't have God's presence, it does not do us no good. That's what Moses was saying. Look what he says here as they had just sinned to make an idol from God. And as, he, as Moses went up on the mountain to get the Ten Commandments, they made an idol themselves and worshiped. And it kind of reminds me of America. We worship everything in America today. Amen? America worships everything. And look what happened here. And starting, let's just start in verse 1. It says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Depart and go up from here, you and the people whom you have brought out of the land of Egypt to the land which I swore to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, saying to your descendants, I will give it. And I will send my angel before you, and I will drive out the Canaanites, the Amorites, the Hittites, the Perzites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Jebusites, and all the Mosquitoites. Amen. Go up from the land flowing with milk and honey, and I will, I couldn't resist that. I will not go up into your hands lest I consume you on the way, for you are a stiff-necked people. And when the people heard this bad news, they mourned. No one put on his ornaments. For the Lord said to Moses, Say to the children of Israel, You are a stiff-necked people. I could come into your midst in one moment and consume you. Amen? That's how powerful God said, I could come in your midst, in your presence, in one moment just consume all of you. But... He says, in one moment consume you. Now, therefore, take off your ornaments that I may know what to do to you. So the children of Israel stripped themselves from their ornaments by the by Mount Hor. Moses took his tent, and he pitched it outside the camp, far from the camp, and called it the tabernacle of meeting. And it came to pass that everyone who sought the Lord went out to the tabernacle of meeting, which is outside the camp. So it was, whenever Moses went out of the tabernacle, that all the people rose, and each man stood at his tent door and watched Moses until he had gone into the tabernacle. And it came to pass, when Moses entered the tabernacle, that the pillar of the cloud descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle, and the Lord talked with Moses. And all the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the tabernacle door, and the people rose up and worshipped each man in his tent door. 
So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. He would return to the camp, but his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, did not depart from the tabernacle. Then Moses said to the Lord, See, you say to me, Bring up this people, but you have not let me know whom you will send me. Yet you have said, I know you by name, and you have also found grace in my sight. Now, therefore, I pray, if you found grace in your sight, show me, show me now your way that I may know you and that I may find grace in your sight and consider that this nation is your people. And he said, my presence will go with you and give you rest. Then he said to him, if your presence does not go with us, I love this. I love this verse. Right here. He said, if your presence does not go with us, don't take us to the promised land. Lord, you have given us provisions. You have promised us great promises. You give us protection. You're, I know that, Lord, but if your presence don't go, if it doesn't go into the new land with us that you have promised us, Lord, I don't want to go. How many times have we ever said that when we come to church? Amen. How many times have you said that, Lord, we, we got nice bills, we got this, and, and Lord, we got this, but Lord, if you're present in, in this church and in this ministry, Lord, then we don't need it. We don't need it. If your presence is not with us, we don't need a new ministry to pop up. Amen? We don't need a bigger children's ministry. We don't need a bigger student's ministry. We don't need a bigger Jesus in disguise. We don't need a fruitful servant's ministry. We don't need a men's group. We don't need a women's group. We don't need a grief share ministry. We don't need all of it. We don't need a nice praise team with everything and, and sound good unless your presence shows up in the midst of our body. Right here on Sunday, when we meet together as a church body, Lord, we don't need all that if we don't. Listen, that, that stuff is nice. It's good to say it looks pretty. But, Lord, if your presence is not there, it doesn't do us no good. And that's what Moses said for how the, and here's, here's the key. Not only does the presence go, it doesn't matter what kind of church that is, his presence not there. But this is why his presence is manifested in this church body. This is why we should pray, Lord, supersize our church. Why? Because this church should be different than a deer hunting club. It should be different than a club that you're in with officers and meetings and all that. It should be more than just that. Here's what he said in verse 16. For how then will it be known that your people and I have found grace in your sight except you go with us? So we shall be separate, your people and I, from all the people who are on the face of the earth. Amen. That's why the church is so important. We're supposed to be different than everybody on the face of the earth. Can I get an amen? Something, amen? I mean, give me a person to nod or something. God's church should be different than you, the people in Walmart. And if our church is no different from the, from the world and, and it's so different and we got the same ideas, the same thinking, then God, it doesn't do us no good. It doesn't do us no good unless we are serving. Listen, we should pray that we need a holy God and His holy presence to be manifested in this place. This is how God gives us direction at the church body. This is how He manifests Himself. How many of y'all believe God does that? You say, Brother George, when I got saved, yes, when you got saved, God's presence is well you. He's with you wherever you go today. That doesn't matter if you were saved 50 years ago. His presence is with you everywhere you go. So you can feel the presence of God uh, more than just in this building. 
Okay? But listen, we need church. We need each other to encourage each other. There's something special that God only does when we meet together as God's people and His presence is in His place that I can't get nowhere else. My private worship that I do during the week and my closing with God fills up and when you get here on Sunday, it's like... It's called dunamis power. That's what Paul says. It's energy. That's what gives you energy. The working, the effectual working of the Holy Spirit, that means energy. That's why some churches are so sluggish in their church. They don't do ministry. They don't help nobody. They show up on Sunday. They hear the preacher. They take up an offering. Somebody says, boy, we need to go out and do a little outreach. Ah, they know where our sign is. If they want to come, they know what road we live on. That church has no energy. The energy is the reason you say, well, how come we don't have energy? Because the effectual working of the Holy Spirit is not taking place in that church body. Because when the Holy Spirit, the presence of God, is manifested in your church, man, it's a total different church. Amen? They got a passion to serve. They got a passion to help. The church all of a sudden becomes superstar. Not just with numbers. But I truly believe this, guys. If we allow God to supersize each one of us and the presence of God take over this church and continually be in this church, listen, numbers, God does do multiplication. People today are hungry for a place that the manifest presence of God is in and is real. They don't want to go to a sleeping convention, amen? I don't like preachers that put me to sleep. If I see him on the channel, I'm turning you to put me to sleep. Amen. I want somebody that's passionate about Jesus, that Jesus that they're walking in their presence of God, and you can feel it on them. You see the anointing on their lives, the anointing in their church. There is something different about that church. Now, God's presence is in every church. That's a, that is a gospel teaching, blood bought, believing church. His presence is there. But why is it here? I can go across our plains today and visit the church and be cold and dead and dry. People don't care that they're there. They, they, they do the ritual. Let's get in and get out, God. You, you got 30 minutes, you better bless it. That's all I got time for, you amen? And run in and run out and, 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 and they get out there and, and they've been removing the year. Nobody's getting their lives rededicated, changed. There's no baptisms. There's no salvations. They're not helping the community. People in the community, you can say, we're so-and-so church. Oh, it's right down the road from me. It's been there 30 years. What do they do? Oh, I don't really know what they do, but they've been there. There's something different with a church like that. You go to that services, and then you turn right around and go across town to another church. It can be the same denomination. You can go in that place, and man, it's like when you walk in them doors, you pull up out of your car into the parking lot, and you walk in the doors, there's something different about this place. You ever been there? There's something different. There's just something different there. It's not the beautiful building. It's not the music. It's not the preacher. It's the manifested presence of God in that house. And it's, listen, when that happens, good things, listen, God's fixing to break out. Amen? How many y'all agree? How many is hungering and thirsting for that type of God? That type of church? That type of... Listen, if you come in here this morning and you're not looking for that type of church, I feel sorry for you. 
I've had people come visit this church, Brent, and they would say, well, you know, it's pretty good. It's pretty hyper, and you preach loud, and y'all's music ain't nothing like the old hymns. I always tell them, listen, that's okay. There's a church down the road with your name on it. Amen? I'm here and hungering and thirsting for the presence of God in this house, for lives and families to be healed that's been broken, to break the shackles and the chains of everything in their lives. The presence of God is the only thing to do. Amen? That's it. I know some of y'all are going out there, oh, this is a crazy back to talk to preacher right here. No. I want the manifest presence of God on my on my family. On this church, I, I don't want to see you sleeping. That should be a shame to see people sleeping in church. I'll preach against it. Don't bother me. Here they are, and most of them are deacons. People that's been there, they're in leadership. Snoring away, I'm thinking... How can God move when your leadership don't give a flip? Amen. How can the presence of God manifest itself when the preacher don't care? When the deacons and the committees and the leadership over every ministry is just whole home another Sunday to us. That's hogwash, folks. Jesus Christ died on the cross for more than that. He gave His life blood. He gave us eternal life. Every being was for me to have a little bit of joy and see His presence manifested in my life. If they don't get you stirred up, the cross can get you stirred up, and the blood can There's nothing I can preach that stirs you up. That ought to get you fired up this morning. Jesus died so His presence can be real in your life. I want to show you, this is, there's some reasons why the presence of God is not being manifested in, in churches. And listen, God's presence is in this place. But listen, we got to be careful. we got to also make it create an atmosphere for God to be here. How many of y'all believe that? It's just like in a greenhouse. In greenhouses, y'all been in a greenhouse? Lake Hamilton's got one up here in their head right if you want to walk in. That thing has got temperatures and clothes. You can go in there in December when it's 15 degrees outside and then play it there all day. Man, they're just shaking and happy. It's, a, it's warm in there. The, the, the atmosphere and the climate is being controlled. But if I took that same plant, Levi, in December and put it out in my yard, you know what it's going to look like the next morning? It's going to get frostbit and it's going to die. This is what's happening in the church. We're not coming in. We think, well, the preacher's there to preach. They're going to play this. I, I, you know, if I can just show up and get there, it's going to be, you know, we're going to do the same thing. We've heard him preach his sermon 16 times this year anyway. He's only got five he's preached, and we've heard them all. I've heard other church people say that. You know, and the music's going to be the same. Everybody's going to be sitting in the same seats they have the last 40 years. Everything's going to be the same. That's not creating atmosphere. Nobody prayed the night before. Nobody had any private worship the week before. Nobody repented of their sins. That's a hard word to say in the church today. 
Nobody said, Lord, goodbye. Lord, I need forgiveness for this for last week. I, I shouldn't have said that. I'm going to your house tomorrow. It's a holy place. Presence is going to be there. It's a holy God, Lord. I want, to, I want you to create the right atmosphere for your presence to be manifested, Lord. Forgive me of this. Amen. Lord, I, I need to pray with you more. I, I'm in a relationship with you more. Lord, I need private worship. Lord, I've been working with you this week on my car, on the radio, on the way to work. When I get home, all I've got scriptures posted on my refrigerator. I've got them here. I've got them in my car, Lord. I'm having private worship with you. Jesus, I'm ready for That's a different... See, we're creating an atmosphere for God to move and work. God's not going to be where He's not wanting. Now, He still loves us and God is love. But guys, listen, the doorknob is on the inside. You've got to open the door and allow His presence to be ushered in this place. I truly believe there's a lot of churches today, Miss Louise, that God's looking through the windows going, Hey! Let me in! Man, I'd love to be with y'all today. He's a patting and banging on the door, trying to get in, and everybody else is doing their own thing, their own way. It's all about me and I and what I want. If I don't get it, I'll go to another church. I don't want to be around a preacher that preaches the gospel, the whole counsel of God. You know, I don't want to be in a convicting message, a convicting sermon. Lord, just, I want to preach that makes me feel good and pumps me up a little. That's the problem with today's church. We're, we're, we're picking out our churches like they're lollipops. We're having no place to do That's a little too hard. That place is way too much for me. Amen. I like calling them. I like going to lick Pleasant Hill talk while the top feels they did. Amen. <laughs> That'd be funny. I'd love to see the expression on their face when they lick off a lot of I hope they had lick it go, wow, God's in that place. Man, it is good. That, that is a sweet, sweet lollipop. Amen. I don't know. Y'all tell me y'all look at me like a cat in a new barn. It'll be all right. New gate. It'll be all right. Look what he had in here. So the Lord says to Moses after he said, Lord, we're not going in unless you go with us. So the Lord said to Moses, I will also do this thing as you have spoken, for you have found grace in my sight, and I know you by name. And he said, please show me your glory. Here's the reason they got into that predicament over in chapter 32. I don't think us as a church, we, we, we live in a society that does not like waste. All of y'all are going, amen, that's right, preacher Brother George. That's not what you looked like and said at Walmart last week. When you were waiting in line. Amen. I mean, some of y'all get in the Walmart line and you think it's got to get, wham, wham. They're not going to hurry up. Amen. How many of y'all go into the revenue office? First thing you do is walk in and see that number 83 and you're trying to find that TV. Where's it at? You want to see what the next number is, amen? I was just saying, we were, me and Medlin just did it last week. Hunter was gone that afternoon somewhere, fishing, hunting, doing something. We were going to go eat, doing that meat. We went out back steakhouse. We opened the door and walked in the out back, and man, people waiting. Walked up my, told that girl, that was at, uh, yes, the table for two. She goes, man, it's going to be about 25 to 35 minutes. It didn't take Medlin a long time. Let's go, we're going somewhere else. Hey, man, I was right with him. I said, I am not waiting to eat. Let's go somewhere else. And we went up going somewhere else where they got to drive in. 
What I'm saying is we live in a society that's so hurry, hurry, hurry. We're so busy, busy, busy. No wonder God's not working in our lives. Why is the church losing its impact? It's lost focus. The church has lost its focus. We are the church is worshiping more things, more idols than the lost world is. People don't know Jesus. Amen. It's it's worshiping idols in the church. It's good. Listen, listen. We're here for our our main goal. To come, and bless your heart. I know you got problems. Okay. If you don't, hey, y'all don't have problems. Invite me over. I'll give you some of mine. Amen. How many here's got problems? Look at your neighbor and say, we got problems. Man, I mean, we all got problems. I'm telling you, the devil is like a roaring lion. He's going to be out to devour any good seed that gets put in your spirit by God's word this morning. Before you get to the restaurant at three, the devil's already going to be coming attacking, trying to steal that seed that, that God put in your heart this morning. Amen? It's going to happen. But we, we lose our focus in church and while we're here. It's, it's, I've got news for you. It's not about I, me, and what I want. Oh, it's quiet. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Keep moving. I'll preach when you're quiet. It don't matter to me. I think y'all, y'all, I'm preaching a lot better than y'all but no. I'm telling you. We have lost our focus in the church. Listen, we got people in the church today. If it's not just like they want it, they'll get mad and go to another church next time. I don't like the music down there. They'll load up their family and they'll buzz on that. I don't like what they're doing down there that program. I don't like who they hired. I don't like who's in that leadership. And they'll go to another church. And I want to call that church so bad and say, they're coming! Get ready! They didn't like it here until they get right with God. They're not going to like it there. Amen. Now some of the preachers, they're coming. But then some of the preachers might be shouting toward me and say, they're coming. But we've lost our focus on why we even go to church. If it don't, if it, listen, if, it, if that temperature is not just right, I tell you what, it's so hot in there, we're doing this preaching, it's, just, it's so hot in there, I'm not sweat. I just can't go in there and worship in my Jesus and sweat. Some of y'all probably already said that, didn't you? Well, I like it and everything, but that music so loud, and, and you know, and it's new music, it's, 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 it's that contemporary music. I'm an old heel type of guy, and, and, and you know, that, that I don't know if that means probably There's more scriptures in the moon songs, probably in your old I fly away stuff, amen? And I like them both. I was raised on old hills. I know just little talk to Jesus. I know in the garden. I know victory in Jesus. We sung until we couldn't see him no more. Amen. I'll, by the time I was 18, I was ready to fly. Amen. Why did I feel that way? It's because I was singing and not working. I don't care if it's an old song or if it's a new song. There's a difference in singing. And a difference in coming in and opening up your heart and, and, and create an atmosphere for God to speak to you. And to guide you when you leave you. 
Because God, if you don't show up in here, it doesn't do no good for me to preach. It's just a bunch of words. But when your presence gets here, you can manifest my old country slang words, and you can just manifest it, and it pricks somebody hard, it convicts somebody, it draws somebody to the cross. It's not my words, it's not my knowledge, but it's by your power, Holy Spirit. That's how you change me. Through the presence of God. That's why you need to realize this morning, if you're hungry and thirst for the presence of God, He'll do more in your life with less provision. That's good, Michelle. She needs to that down. God can take do more with less than when we create an atmosphere for His presence to be with us. He'll create more in your family. You say, My family's pretty rich right now, brother George. It's going here and going there. If you'll be still and know that He's God and open up your heart and practice the presence of God in your life, your family will start coming back together. Amen. There's people with marriages. I tell them all the time. Most time they come see me, but it's just about too late. Nothing's too late with God. But the problem is they ain't had God in the right place. Many times I've come to my office and sit down. I'm like the last resort. I understand. Sometimes I like to be more than just the last resort. Amen. They'll come in and sit down. I don't know what happened. We lost it somewhere, brother. What are you talking about? Amen. I trust we don't live in 2015. I hear it all the time. And I'll say, well, you know, let's just get to start giving them steps to get God in the right place to do this. And not only tell them come close to the hill, but find them in a church and, and get back that relationship. Oh, we, you know, I've been in church all my life. That's your problem. You've been doing church, but you ain't got very much of God. Amen. we got a lot of people in church today doing church. They're just not experiencing the manifest presence of God filling them up. And this is, let's go to that in Exodus 42, 7 and 8. And the Lord said to Moses, get, go, get down, for your people whom you brought out of the land, I love that, your people. Did you hear that? Did you catch that? God says, go down for your people whom you have brought out of the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. And they turned aside quickly out of the way which I commanded them. They have made themselves a moldy calf. And they worshipped it and sacrificed to it. And said, this is your God, O Israel, that brought you out of the land of Egypt. See, the devil's already placing a lie in their hearts. There was no cow walking out of Egypt. It was a fire by day and a, a cloud by day and a fire by night that brought them by the mighty hand of God. God told Moses himself, just hold the rod up and stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Salvation of the Lord is what brought them out of Egypt. But see, the devil's very good about replacing godly things and won't give the world the credit for what's changing your life. There's nothing in this world that'll change your life this morning if it's not the holy presence of the holy, almighty God is the only thing that'll change and heal and help you. But the world is very good about taking the credit. There was no calf letting him out of Egypt. That little golden calf was created. Listen, I'm telling you right now, we create so many gods in our lives and expect them to deliver. We'll put all of our money into this. We'll put all of our hopes into this. And, and then when the world lets us down, we cry and then we say, God, you don't love me no more. Why is that time? Listen, guys, we're not a perfect church. I mean, look at your preacher. Amen. None of us are perfect. 
we all feel idols to a certain extent when we leave here. Can I get a big amen? Come on, church. We all have idols. You say, well, George, I don't go home and sit that little fat guy on the train and mumble in a moment. Your idol could be your job. And the most time, it's good stuff. Very good stuff. Wholesome stuff. And the, and, the, and the devil used that for an idol to throw you away and try to give it credit for bringing you out. And the only one that brought you out of bondage was Jesus Christ himself. Amen? But the world, the devil's very quick to make sure that what you see the world is what helps you. And you don't see it. There's so many self-help books and this out there right now. Three, 30 days of throwaway church. They're all in the bookstores. There ain't no 30 step plan. Without the manifest presence of God, you can't grow nothing. Amen? What do you think brings you hope and confidence? What do you think gives you courage during the week and helps you fight off the wars of the devil? The presence of God in your life. When you're closer to God, things go so much better. Hey, how many of you, if you believe that, when you've been closer to God, things went so much smoother in you? Now, don't look at your wife, husband. But your life. Amen. How many agree? So much smoother. You had more peace. You had more joy. When, when you was in the right relationship with God and not creating, not bringing all them worldly idols in and, and, and focus on us. But then when you was focused on God, that was probably the happiest time in your life. Besides the first happiest time that you've ever had when you got saved. Amen. That should be the most joyous time of anything you've ever done is accepting Christ as your Savior. If you can't remember that, there's something wrong. Well, I remember going to church and going down an aisle. Well, I'm believing when God saved me, I knew it was more than just walking an aisle. I knew He changed my heart. I knew that something was different. Now, I didn't walk out there being the best person in the world. I didn't have it all together. But I knew Jesus in my heart. And I knew the sanctification process was fixing to take place. He's fixing to take out the new idols and put the new up in a, a, a true God in me. And he does that with us every day. It's a sanctification process. And, and, and we've lost our focus. We've made idols in America. But Moses said, listen, these people here have been making, and I love how God saved your people. <laughs> y'all, y'all say, why would God say that? If your kid takes off running through Walmart and knocks down a half a roll of toys, here we go. That's their child. Amen. The managers come up there and say, who is this? It's your daddy, son. Amen. That's how God felt. They had been there stiff neck people. I mean, if I've seen, you say, well, Brother George, if Jesus would walk through the day, if we could see a manifestation, a miracle, we would believe. No, we wouldn't. The children of Israel seen they seen all the provisions given them in the wilderness, the quail and the man. They got to see all the plagues that come upon Egypt. The last one, the death angel, come across and kill the firstborn. And then they got to see themselves going across up to the edge of a, a giant, giant Lake Washington. Hey, man, how would you like to go up the Bloody Mountain boat ramp and hold a rod up and say, Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, and we're going to straight from there to Buck for about five minutes. Hey, man. Other side of the lake. And the, and the water is part. See, we got to the other side. As soon as that last person in our church got on the dry bank, he closed the door. 
They got to see this. They got to see all this. And as soon as Moses was gone, money in 40 days, they were turning their back saying, we need to God, we need to see fuel, touch, smell, and we got to see it. We do the same thing. We get up here this week and get it by ourselves. The devil comes to teaching us and we're not around our church friends or church people. And, and the world shows us some idols and does this to us. And, and I, God, I need something I can see, touch and feel to leave my family. I know you're a big God. I know what you said you were. But Lord, I need something now. And the devil They have lost their focus. America, listen, we're in America today. We're not having revival because the church has lost who we are. Why we're here? Everybody, I see it all the time in the preaching room. The first thing a young preacher wants, I've got to have 2,000 people. i got to have a big church. God works just as much in a small one if he took it as he would in a big Amen. And by the way, that church wouldn't be no good if God didn't send them people and put them there and put a thing in there and create a new heart in them and say, hey, this is where I want you. This is what you want to work. I'm gifting you. This is right where I want your family. Man, people's got to feel that in the church today. they got to feel when they walk in them doors. Amen. And that's my goal as a pastor is not just to preach, 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 preach. And, but when you walk in for the first time and you sit down, you may not like the preacher that much at first, but he grows on you. But you sit there and you listen to the worship and the people come over and they tell you, genuinely for real. And real don't mean that you got it all together. Amen? We got this deal that people come to church now that all the people in church have got together. Some of them folks in the church are worse off than some of them in the week worse than you do. Amen? We don't have it together. But what people are hungry and thirsty for today is a church that's that the manifest presence of God is there and they're seeing live things. They look across the building and say, man, I went to high school. That dude, he wasn't like he is now in high school. Praise God. What a testimony. Amen. That's what a testimony is. People are so ashamed of what we all have called it. Amen. And what a testimony. He looked across and he went to school and he went to that's not a damn player. That's an upgrade to Jesus. Look what he's doing in your life. Look how he's changing. People want to go to a church. Listen, more than just reading about this in God's Word and about the teaching, they want to experience How many of y'all want to experience this? And that's through the presence of God. I want, I want you to listen to this. I found a, a seven-minute clip that we're going to go into invitation here. Here's another problem with the church, and I'm going to... I'm going to read this. Before we do that, y'all get to it. In Nehemiah chapter 1, here, here's the one problem why the church has lost its focus, its impact, its influence. We don't, listen, we don't carry out. God burdens our hearts for things in this church. How many agree? God will put someone in this church on your mind to call this week. Someone will put someone on your mind to go help them. Someone will put your mind to go do something at school and buy something for kids or, or donate something to the church. God put, listen, the church does not operate with burdened hearts. We don't have the burden for the people no more. We don't have a burden for this community no more, for people in our church that are hurting. And I know God places their name on your heart week after week after week. 
God places things. Listen, God's Spirit moves in this church. And I know He puts things on your heart. He puts things on my heart. And sometimes I get so much in a hurry. I'll, I'll see you that way. But God, that's really not that important. And we wonder why we're not seeing God and seeing God. He was in that that He did you. He was in it. But, and you didn't open it up and you didn't experience God. And the church is put being burdened. I want you to look at this. The presence of the Holy God burdens our hearts for God's kingdom. That's my prayer today. We're going to continue to be the church that's full of supersizes. This is why God's raised up ministries in our church. He placed a burden on this person's heart. He placed a burden on this people. We just got a new one started called Greek ceremony. And I love it how God takes people and uses them in their circumstances where they were hurt to turn around and heal them to help somebody else. That's exactly what he did with this victim. Lost her husband last year, Mitch. We all love Mitch. And, and she, how many times he told me, that I just don't know what God wants me to do. And so, you know, me being me, I tried to help her out. Didn't help. Because I just started finding places that I don't want to lose this point. Let's just, well, you know, when you start operating in the place, let's just put it here. Let's go help these folks. She'd come back and say, I'm just going to get her on the board. I don't want to die. I don't want to die. Then all of a sudden, God opened the door. And as soon as we scared, now she is on Saturday mornings. Here's the church. She has a grief care ministry for loved ones that have lost loved ones. If you've lost friends that lost loved ones, you need to see them in the city. Downstairs on Saturdays, they do it. And Miss Margaret helps you all sleep. See, God attracts people and draws people that went through the experience with the evil for His glory. That's the way church is supposed to work. He brings people out of the pits they were in and saves them and cleans them up. He sends them right back out to fish for them things out of people. Amen? That's what church is about. He takes all the circumstances you went through. You didn't go through them circumstances in hard times for nothing. He wants to use them and say, I want you to see my glory. God only gets glory in His church. Amen? He said, Paul said in Ephesians 3, 20, I can go and do above and beyond all that you ask for things. I can do more than even you can imagine. God said, I can do more than you. More. And he said, why do I do all that? I do it so I can bring glory to the church. What did Moses say? Show me your Heavenly Father, we love you this morning. Lord, that's where we're at in our church today in 2015. Lord, you have to break our hearts. To the situation so you can get your desire in there. Lord, I, I pray today that we'll slow down and be in a busy, busy church. Lord, I know what it means to be busy. I get busy and I lose my focus of you. And what I need to do, Lord, we get so busy that we, we don't have your manifest presence. And Lord, we can't have church here at Pleasant Hill without your presence. Lord, if, it, if your presence is not here, it's just more words, it's just a song. But when, you're, when your presence is manifested, it, it, it's manifested in our hearts. You can move hearts. You break hearts. You cause us to surrender at the foot of the cross. Lord, we need that again in our church now. Lord, we need to be a church that cares. 
Oh. 